Hello and welcome to West Seattle Christian Church. Pastor Worth here. If you are new, welcome. If not, welcome back. We're in the midst of our series, Hindsight. We're glad you've joined us today and we're going to jump right in. So in this series, we've been talking about the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories we live into and how they dramatically shape how we experience our lives. And so if we make the choice to have our lives defined by the story of God, the story that he's telling, and the stories of scripture, we want to ask how that will make a difference in our lives right now and in this coming year. And to do that, we talked two weeks ago about how we're living in the continuation of the story of God. And one of the ways we are doing that, that we've been, is that we've been reading through the New Testament together. We've posted a reading plan online on the website where you can join us in that. And there's lots of uh, video material on there as well that's through this awesome nonprofit called The Bible Project. And you can join in at any time. Right now in January, we've been going through 1 Corinthians. And if you want to get caught up, you just jump on the blog post and watch the 1 Corinthians overview video by The Bible Project. And then you'll be up to speed. And you can join the rest of us as we jump into 2 Corinthians in February. So it's pretty easy to do. And I think if you start reading the New Testament with us, it will make a huge difference in your life, especially if you have never done that before. The point of all this, as I said, is in this series, we are asking this question. What if we let the story of Jesus define the way that we see our life? Now, I want to talk about headlines for a minute. So we've had a year, we've had just amazing headlines in last year. Uh, if you're like me, especially in this season, you're watching and reading the news every day in some way, shape, or form. And primarily, I read the news, and when I'm choosing an article to read, I first read the headline. Now, here's what I consider to be a good headline. First of all, it's got to be catchy and interesting. But second of all, and more to the point, instead of just being clickbait, the actual article really and truly has to reflect what the headline was all about. So a good headline will state clearly what the article is about, and then everything else will flow from that, that will flow out of that. Now, every year it seems there's a post out there from each news institution at this time of year in January that is summing up all of their top most read headlines from the year, and I find those pretty interesting. But I thought it would be more fun to share some of the funniest headlines that I read in 2020. You may have found some of your own, and if you have some that you think are amazing, really funny, send them my way. I'd appreciate that. Um, so how about this one? How many of you saw the one about the monolith in Utah? This just cracked me up. If you went through a Space Odyssey movie and made it all the way through, you probably thought that was kind of funny. Or how about this one about uh, veggie burgers? They are now allowed to be called burgers. That cracked me up. So here's an, uh, another one that's a little more serious that is also humorous, where a train ran off the tracks and was literally caught by the statue of a whale's tail. Yeah, this, I think this was in uh, Denmark somewhere. What about uh, the transparent toilet story in Tokyo? Or to continue that theme, the golden toilet that was stolen from a castle in England. Seriously kind of on the same topic, and maybe this one's a little too raw for those of us who are recovering from 2020, but how about the Oregon article about 
don't call 911 when you run out of toilet paper. I thought that was priceless. Well, here's the main question I want to ask today. When you look back on your life, or this last year, the last five years, or the last decade, what would the headlines of your life be? What do you see? What was the headline of your life this last year? If hindsight is 2020, what defined who you are and what you're all about? If we look back and have the vision to see what God was up to in our lives, I wonder what more we might be able to see. So in this series, we're still looking at the story of Jesus, and we're in Matthew in the New Testament, the very first book of the New Testament. And two weeks ago, at the beginning of the series, we looked at all the people in Jesus's family tree, and we saw this long line of broken and messed up people that God still chose to use. And we looked at that and said, well, that sounds a lot like us. <sighs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and so we realized that this story started way back in the Old Testament, and then it's continued by Jesus. And when he shows up, the thing that we celebrated at Christmas, that he shows up, God with us, Emmanuel, we see how the story then shifts dramatically. And it's, it's what scholars call a watershed moment. So what, that's kind of vernacular we don't often think about, but people use phrases that I think we think they know the meaning of, and sometimes I'm not sure they do. I just said Jesus showing up on the scene was a watershed moment when he arrived. What does that mean? Well, a watershed moment is defined as a turning point. This phrase got its definition from the word uh, uh, watershed, and here's a picture of one that's close to home. A watershed is literally a piece of land. I know it's kind of hard. It's land. Why is it called a watershed if it's land? Well, I don't know. Why do you park in your driveway and drive on the parkway? Whatever. A watershed is really a piece of land that divides the flow of separate rivers. It's a division between land and water. It's also a piece of land that shows how all the water routes and rivers, streams, creeks, tributaries, they all flow together to gather, and they gather the waters into one collective whole, normally a river like the Duwamish. So we actually mark watersheds on maps and you'll hear the weatherman refer to them a lot when, when the snowpack melts and there's flooding or if there wasn't enough and there's a drought. And we use it to mean that there is, we use that term to mean that there's something important, something that has come before and something that comes after. Watershed basically represents the idea of a dividing line and it also represents a gathering together of all the tributaries. So when Jesus comes on the scene in Matthew, when he arrives, there is this marked difference between what came before him and what came after him. It's a watershed moment. He himself, his life, just marks a major change. And his life is like a gathering of all the tributaries and streams of prophetic stories and character plots in the Old Testament, all running together to meet as one in him. So when I say that Jesus' arrival in the story is a watershed, what I mean is that something is about to happen that has never happened before in the story, and it's going to change everything profoundly. It's a very significant moment. And right away in the book of Matthew, we see what I want to suggest is this watershed moment when he gives his headline for what he's going to be doing in his ministry. It's the main headline of everything he's about. And here it is in Matthew 4. Verse 17, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And Matthew makes it very clear what the point of the whole story is right here. 
What's so interesting to me about this headline is that it includes a command. In English class, it would be called an imperative. Repent. And what that means for Matthew when he includes this is that he wants his hearers to consider doing something. They have a choice. It's an invitation to do what he says or not. So the headline is not just information, but it's an attention grabber. It has a hook to reel you in because it includes this command, which necessitates a choice. In other words, you're invited into the headline and you have the option to play a part in it if you so choose. This headline is the good news, what Christians refer to as the gospel. And the choice you make regarding this headline is one of the most important decisions you'll make in your life. And you'll see this as we look at Matthew, that everything else flows from this headline and it's not clickbait. Now, where we're going to go from here is we're going to take a look at this phrase much more in depth. This phrase, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, because even though it's so short, it's incredibly powerful and it's full of meaning. But we're going to leave that until next week. For now, I want to ask a few questions, and I hope you'll engage with them seriously. Perhaps talk with your spouse or your family about them, or call up a friend after watching this and talk it over together. And here's the first question. Is Jesus driving the headlines of your life? When you look back, do you see him there? Is he part of your story? Have you met him yet? If he's not part of your story, and if you haven't, we'd love to introduce you to him. So give us a call or drop us an email on the church website and, and we'll be in touch. If you are following Jesus already, are you seeking him out and joining him in what he's up to in your life, in your neighborhood, in your family, in your work? The second question is, if Jesus coming into your story is a watershed moment, what has changed in your life? What is the marked before and after point? The call to repentance is an imperative to turn towards God and seek him out. It's a recognition that all the streams of the history of your life are brought together in Jesus even the bad and ugly ones, and he's revealing that he still wants you. He just wants you, and he also wants you to partner with him. And repentance means turning to be like Jesus. Jesus, as a watershed moment in your life, means there was a before Jesus time, and then you meet him, and then there's a how you live after he's in your life. And you're making that, if you are making that choice today, that's super great, and please let us know. And if you've made that choice a long time ago, are you still letting him change things in your life? We're going to touch on that next week because repentance isn't a one and done type of thing. Okay, so that's enough for now. I'll see you next week when we're going to be immersed more fully in the text and explain more fully why everything in Matthew's gospel flows from this headline, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. I'm Pastor Worth for West Seattle Christian Church. Grace and peace to you all.